Hey guys, it's Charles. Are you a lazy millennial like me who doesn't have the time, energy, or work ethic to actually read a book? If so, you're in luck. Head over to audibletrial.com slash settingedge. That's audibletrial.com slash settingedge to get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash settingedge. Reading is for chumps. Welcome to episode 54 of the Setting the Edge podcast. I'm Justin Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J-O-M-O-S-Q. I'm here with my co-host, Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at 4Verts. And we're here with our father, uh, Bo Jackson. Say what's up to the people, Bo. What's up to the people? <laughs> what's up? Uh, so we are here for our week six gambling picks. And we're just going to talk about whatever the hell happened in week five. Because, I mean, that was that that was just a crazy week. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe that it's only Wednesday this week. This is when we're recording. Because with all the storylines that have been packed in, really since Sunday morning with Pence walking out on the uh the Colts game uh to whatever happened in Miami like it, it's been kind of a roller coaster of a week so uh let's just jump right in so we can kind of talk about some of these other storylines as we go through the picks but the first game we're going to talk about is the Thursday night game the Philadelphia Eagles are taking on the Carolina Panthers the Panthers are a 3.5 favorite at home Justice and I are on the bandwagon with uh Philadelphia covering spread at three and a half points Stoner thinks Carolina's going to cover Stoner why are you uh on the other side of this? Um, I think that Cam's been getting better every week, and I'm really just taking the best, the better, who I feel is the better quarterback on a short week. That's really all it comes down to. It's awesome because this is, I feel like, the first Thursday night game in a long time that where you have, like, two good teams where the matchup actually matters. I mean, these are pretty clearly the, uh, like, two of the best four teams in the NFC, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would say that pretty... What would the other team, the Green Bay and Atlanta? Those are the only other relevant yeah, teams in the NFC right now. Yeah, it looks like Dallas. Dallas, you know, I think one of the underrated things with Dallas was they lost a lot of people off of that defense last year, and no one's really stepped up. Like they lost Church, uh, Terrell McLean, Sean Lee's been hurt, and I think they're they're starting to see like how talentless that defense actually is. Yeah, because that's one thing that we wrote about. They lost more snaps on the defensive side of the ball in free agency than any other team in the league. Um, <clears throat> depth was going to – like, it's very – we don't think about it that way for whatever reason, but the, the, this Cowboys team really is very, like, stars and scrubs. And you saw that when Devontae Adams is basically getting – getting uh, mossing Jordan Lewis, 5'10 Jordan Lewis, on back-to-back plays when Aaron Rodgers just wants to score – uh, I don't know about this game. The one thing that I will say, the, like literally besides the hook, right, besides it being three and a half, um, the reason why I'm leaning Philadelphia right now is because just watching what Carolina's had to deal with on the offensive side of the ball, like they didn't let Detroit touch Cam at all. The week before, they didn't let the Patriots touch him at all. I think the Patriots game specifically, I think they touched, they basically got to Cam with a free win um, within like three seconds, like one time. So basically, they've had been pay, they've been playing like the best pass rusher they've played the past two weeks is Anthony Settle. Um, Philadelphia Eagles got some boys up front, so yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm just leaning. That's that's literally the only reason why I'm leaning this one is I just think Cam Newton is pretty obvious at this point that uh, when you can get pressure to him, just like any other quarterback, um, there's a pretty big split. Between 
between how that offense is running right now and uh, with that offensive tackle talent, basically, as long as you have baseline pass rusher talent, you should be able to get home to them. So I think like guys like Brandon Graham, uh, Vinnie Curry, uh, what's his name from uh, Derek Barnett. Um, I think all those guys are going to be able to do a lot. Timmy Jernigan is doing really well inside, even though Fletcher Cox hasn't been playing recently. So I think that's a big, that's a big, uh, I don't know, variable. Hey, your mic's off. What you doing? Speak up. I forgot I had it muted. Uh, it looks like they're gonna. Get, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they're gonna get Fletcher Cox back this week. So, I I just think, even though Carolina's rolling right now and they're the home team on Thursday night, I just feel like that that defensive line for Philly has such a big advantage that they kind of just destroy this game. But it's gonna has, be a fun uh, one. Has football Twitter have decided if Carson Wentz is good or not? We're, There's we're, a lot of backtracking. There's a lot of backtracking after this week, including Charles and I texting each other. <laughs> like, are, are we all in on Carson Wentz? Because that game, that Carson Wentz game is probably the best Carson Wentz game that I've seen, to be totally honest. But he did have some – I mean, the Redskins game to open the year was fucking horrible. Um, and then yes, the Kansas City game, game wasn't great. So, I mean, high variance, but, like, how much are you going to put into week one performance? I don't know, but it's it's something worth at least highlighting right now that everyone could be wrong about Jared Goff and Carson Wentz and rest in peace, Paxton Lynch. Yeah, Paxton Lynch is not even a real person at this point. Uh, so let's move on to the next game. The New the New England Patriots are taking on the uh, New York Jets, the three and two New York Jets on the road. The Patriots are a ten point favorite on the road, which just seems utterly insane with how how poorly they've been playing in the past couple of weeks. And like, even that game against Tampa Bay on a Thursday night last week, that wasn't really them beating down the bucks. It was more just James being awful and missing so many opportunities with guys wide open down the field. So I, I don't really see a reason why the Patriots should be favored by 10 on the road against any team right now. I was just going to say that like, regardless of how you feel about the jets, I mean, they're, they're vastly exceeding expectations people had for them coming into the year they were already the like hit the over like their, yeah, their the, season win total yeah they're, they're the first team to hit the over huh yep the patriots should not be laying 10 points against anybody like we all were talking about that um in the group chat like why should anybody fear this new england patriots team at all right now they're extremely beatable yeah, they're fucking texas tech yeah. <laughs> they're texas tech right now um in terms of so in terms of tackle for loss uh, value their last um they're horrible and set their 28th and sack percentage they're the worst backfield penetration team in in uh football right now um in terms of their pass efficiency they're almost as bad as the oakland like the distance they are from average is almost the distance that the next two worst teams are from average like the raiders and buccaneers if you put together how bad their past defenses have been the last uh this past you know month and a half or whatever um that's almost as bad as how how bad uh, new england is so it's like they're not even close. Like, it's literally like Tom no. Brady on his back. Like, I don't know. And the it, thing is, too, is like something that, something that I think is not getting uh, probably mentioned enough is the transformation of them going from a quick-hitting offense to a, to a way more vertical, um, deep-drop offense. I think uh, New England has already eclipsed their sack total in five games this year of what they had all of last year. You saw Brady take some big, big hits. Um, I mean, how many, like, it, it's a legitimate question to ask, I think. Like, how long can he legitimately hold up taking this kind of a beating? Um, 
their offensive line was a unit that you know got a lot of praise last year where it was like the sum of the sum was better than or uh the individual parts but i think they're getting kind of exposed this year with i mean they're not they they didn't go through a wholesale scheme change but you can definitely tell that the offense is way more vertically based this year yeah in terms of how many yards they've added um based off of the nfl average from yards per completion uh the patriots are second in terms of how aggressive they are going downfield behind the los angeles Rams. so um like really yep. totally different team. I mean, they're hitting guys, uh, Hogan, um, Cooks. They're hitting all those guys deep. So, you know, it's, it's very real change. And at some point, like they got to get away from the Mike Gillisley. Like we know he's going to run a two yard. Like it, it's just the. It seems like that's he the easiest the play to stop. Yeah, he breaks yeah. offense. Yeah, that that I don't know. It's that's not like last really year. Weird. It's not like last year where they had Blunt just uh, closing games out in the fourth quarter and scoring from the one yard line. Um. Yeah, it's just, it's. I don't know. It's just not a great fit for their offense right now. And blunt, blunt, low key. We missed this on the Eagles yeah. thing. I don't think we talked about this at all. Blunt, low key is like doing amazing. Like in terms of pos- positive, man. it's like seven and a half yards per carry on positive runs, which is like People twice have as hated much on as that fool his entire career. But I mean, when he plays, he's good. Yeah, go Ducks. And just looking at uh. The Patriots' pass defense. I mean, just some of the stats. These are from Pro Football Reference. They're uh, giving up 8.7 adjusted net yards per attempt, uh, 323 yards per game, 13 yards per completion, uh, 66% completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, which is I think tied for most in the league. I mean, it's just uncharacteristically bad for the uh, for Bill Belichick defense, but. I just don't see how, with how well the Jets are playing right now, you know, relatively to how we thought they were going to play entering the season, I just, I think it'd be crazy not to take the, the Jets plus 10. Uh, yeah, because I would just say this. If, think about this if you're thinking about it plus 10. If this game were in New England, the Patriots would be 17 point fa- or 16-point favorites based on no the line. And that is absolutely ridiculous. They shouldn't be three-score three favorites over any team in the NFL. Nope. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the Jets' defense, we talked about this last week with uh, Klemko, but the Jets' defense is, is, you know, really making a resurgence here. I think Jamal Adams has had a huge impact on that culture. And, you, like, you can just see there's they, – they played a different tempo than they did last year. And, and it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch. So, I, How tip to, to Todd Bowles, man. Everybody had that dude dead to rights coming into this year, like – he was seen as the lame, like the lame duck going into this year, and he's, I mean, he's he's got them playing hard and being competitive. Man, you can't ask for much more than that in a year that was supposed to be an obvious rebuild. Yeah, and I think what Todd Bowles is figuring out is that it's a lot easier when your quarterback comes into camp in shape, at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of sets the tone that way. So we can move to the next game, which has a quarterback that doesn't. Or that didn't come into the season. <laughs> perfect segue. Yeah, perfect segue. Uh, so the Miami Dolphins, they are taking on the Atlanta Falcons uh, on Sunday. The Falcons are an 11-point favorite at home. Justice and I are going to tease it. I don't think the game is nearly as interesting as what the hell happened <laughs> in Miami this week with uh, their coach, Chris Forrester, sending uh. a video of him doing... <laughs> Allegedly, cocaine to a. It was cocaine. No, that was Don't that was for blow. sure. Yeah. Was, I'm, like, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get sued. That yeah. was. For yeah, sure. we, we don't need to tip around this. We don't need to tip around this. He he was doing cocaine with, uh, or he was doing cocaine and he sent it to a video. He sent a video of himself doing cocaine on his desk at the Miami Dolphins facilities to a stripper. Like saying where he like saying where he was. Yeah, like he might as well. Like, 
seeing where he was about to go, uh, I mean, j- just completely incriminating. Uh, he sent it to a stripper in Las Vegas that he got pregnant. And there's there's just a lot going on. He got her pregnant? Here. Yeah, he did get her pregnant. <laughs> Eric's just learning about this. <laughs> Wait, so Eric, did you, did you hear why she released the videos? Yes, I did see that. Okay, yeah. yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, she released a video. <laughs> she released a video because she was upset with the way that uh, Forrester would talk to her in private about some of the anthem protests that have, that have been going on uh, around the league, and like he was just saying that the players don't really need all this attention about whatever they're doing, blah blah blah. blah. So she pretty much looked at it like, "Hey, how are you going to shit on these guys for having a worthy cause?" And you're over here asking to do cocaine off my pussy, uh, <laughs> which is just I mean, I, I think when you look at it like that, that's kind of a fair take to have. So, fair. Uh, so Incredibly she, fair. so she, in the name of activism, released this, <laughs> released the videos uh, and the guy had to resign. And it's just kind of a crazy, just absurd story going around right now. Like, I think it's hilarious. And uh, I. I <laughs> It's funny to me that like there are people who like are breaking down offensive linemen right now who care way more about that than he did. You know what I mean? Like any of these oh, like yeah. mock drafts and things like that who were like people on draft Twitter are putting a thousand times more effort than some of these guys. Chuck and I can tell you we've been down there. We've been down to Mobile when uh, we've seen some of these NFL guys. Uh, I mean, it's supposed to be a work week in like in theory it might be a work week. But, you know, when, if you were, when, when you hear a story like that too, like. If nobody told you what position coach it was, I would guess probably I would guess linebacker coach. That's yeah, what Dragonfly probably. Jones said. He said linebacker coach, then offensive line coach. I was gonna say I'm offensive like, line coach. Right. <laughs> you're not wrong. That's just right up that or strength or yeah, strength and conditioning coaches are. But I feel like oh. I feel like a lot of these guys are like that. So like I I told you guys about I think I told wasn't you guys the story. Wasn't this it one dude, of you that that sent a that. Sh- like showed me a tweet in the group chat um, that some, it was just some random person wrote that said like the most uh, like the most interesting interesting things you learn as you become an adult is that one everybody does coke and two cheese is really fucking expensive. <laughs> I, I don't remember that, <laughs> but yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. how like how if you're if you're the Dolphins, I mean, and I mean you have just been playing pitiful football, and then you come into work the next day and your coach has been fired for all of that and apparently uh i, I think adam beasley of the miami herald uh posted that the some of the dolphins offensive linemen are just heartbroken by what happened because they really like forrester like how do you even get focus for this game coming up on sunday and now you got to go on the road to a team coming off a bot like this, this just screams blowout all over it i mean yeah not good. And this is okay. So we got to talk about this too. This is the uh, the Dolphins schedule because it got pushed. It got pushed up. They got their home home game taken away in week one because of the hurricane, and it got pushed out. Right? They're at at or at Los Angeles, at New York, in London, uh, at home against Miami or home home in Miami, and then in Atlanta. So that's five cities in five weeks, man. Including like, that's international brutal. Trip including in an international trip and the Atlanta Falcons are coming off of a bye. Like did one, I don't t- a tw- 11 point line is a very high line. Um, but tease this absolutely. Cause this is a, 
a team that is losing momentum very quickly and it didn't have momentum to begin with. Yeah, they stink out loud. Awful. Going back to the O-line coach, like, doesn't it kind of make sense that none of their – I mean, Tunsil is, is not developing like people thought he would. He's terrible. Doesn't it kind of, <laughs> I mean, their offensive line is, is not a good unit. Doesn't it kind of uh, – I mean, just looking at those lines and seeing how rocky they were, you could tell that this is not a guy that's paying a lot of attention to detail. Oh, this was my favorite thing that came out when I when I Twitter searched his name. I did like the people I follow right to see if he has he's ever come up before. He was almost the Rams' offensive coordinator, so like he was this he was this close to being the guy who like mentored Goff. Oh my! I can't Miami or Los Angeles for that guy. Wow. And I mean, the, the funniest part to me about the story was. Like he he invited her to all the away games. Like he invited her to go to London with them. Dude, what you, you're 55 years old. I think it's time, it's time to settle down a little bit. And uh, <laughs> he lost go home everything. Go your family, man. Yeah, go home. <laughs> Call go home that. to your family. Yeah, that that's just crazy. So I think when you look back and see, oh, the Dolphins have three first round picks, and you know Pouncey's been dealing with injuries, but you got two bad ones, and no one else is developing. Kind of makes sense if your online coach is high all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on uh, the rockiest yeah. lines. So yeah. Yeah, on rocky ones using dollar bills. Large grains. Large grains. Yeah, it was crazy. It was hilarious. Like watching him snort it and then having some of the rocks fall out of his nose. My was... man's got boulders, boulders fall, falling out of his nose. Yeah, I was wheezing. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna tease that down from uh, eleven to. Five. Uh, five. So Atlanta. Let me do some math for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I can't think right now. So 11. All right, next five. game. Uh, Green Bay, Minnesota. Green Bay is a three-point uh, road favorite. Yeah, uh, Minnesota is at home. Green Bay is a three-point road favorite. How do we feel about this Minnesota team now that Sam Bradford is probably – I think the best plan of action is just to shut him down for the season after whatever happened on Monday. We're going to see Bridgewater at some point this year, aren't we? Yeah. Yep. That's where this is headed towards, huh? Great QB special and then the drama and two guys in contract years. It's going to be amazing. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, just with the way that his his Sam Bradford's knee is just deteriorating, I don't understand. I don't know how you can give him a long-term contract now, even after how Oh, there's no way. Yeah, there's no you chance. Can't. So you, I, can't, you can't trust them. It'd have to, if they did, it would have to look like something like the Mike Lennon thing, and I don't think he's going to get that. Yep. Uh, so uh, I don't feel good about either one of these teams, man. Like, Eric, okay, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna make you very mad. Um, there was something where I, I saw this thing where it was like compiling power rankings, right, for okay. the season right now, and they had 25 power rankings, and 23 of them had Green Bay as the second the second best team in the NFL. Really? Yeah, people are in. Ugh. <laughs> not in on the Packers, man. Never. I'm very. They're just like the new age Colts to me, man. They really are. Yeah. See, like, I don't I, trust. I just don't trust finesse teams like that. And they don't even play in a dome, dude. Like if they get home field or advantage or whatever, like they have to take their finesse team and play in the snow at home. Well, the thing about like this is gonna get nerdy, but the thing about Green Bay is like, I guess they have different turf than everyone, where it's like half turf, half grass. And it fucks with people. I don't know why that matters, but apparently it makes, like, cleats a very big issue. I don't know what's going on. But this game, I, I don't know. We I, talk about, um, 
how strong your Ty Montgomery takes were, and Aaron Jones is already done. <laughs> oh, yeah, this yeah. is going to be a bad episode for Justice. All right, let's talk about this. One, his yards per carry, I, I believe his yards per carry might still be ahead of Le'Veon Bell, at least on positive runs. Um, Le'Veon Bell is the second. No, no, the, in terms of lost yardage, it's Isaiah Crowell number one and Le'Veon Bell number two in the league. Um, but yeah, I was wrong about uh, Ty Montgomery. Um, I'm fucking Mocker, though. Mocker's a piece of crap. That dude pulled out a tweet where I was like, yeah, Aaron Jones is the third running back. I don't understand how he's going to get on the field. And he opened the year as a third running back. So just to you, Mocker, if you if you drafted Aaron Jones at all in your fantasy draft, congratulations on losing the first four weeks of your fantasy season. It's okay, though, because Mocker was wrong in the end about Tyler Eifert staying healthy for the whole season. So uh, let's let's just run through our picks for this game real quick. Justice has... <laughs> The Packers minus three. I have the Packers scoring at least 25 points. And uh, Stoner has Minnesota covering a three-point spread. It's just really going to be interesting to see where this quarterback situation goes because, I mean, we know what Case Keenum is, and that, that's not something you want long-term ever. He's a competent backup, yeah, though. Yeah, he, he's been playing. Like Case Keenum got a first-round tender in Los Angeles. You guys remember this. And Jeff right. Fisher was hanging him around, trotting him around, being like, look, this is our franchise quarterback. We don't need anyone in the draft. It's just funny watching Goff and Keenum play relatively well the second they get away from Jeff Fisher. So, I don't know. But yeah. I, I'm looking forward to uh, see Teddy at some point this season. This one for me is probably going to come down to whether, like, how Diggs, the practice reports are on Diggs this week. Because he hurt his groin last week and didn't do anything. Um, but he's been absolutely amazing this year like him and Thielen can that's why I said like they're good enough to where they can get competency out of Case Keenum so if it looks like he's playing and everything I'll probably just go with the home dog here and take Minnesota in the plus right. three let's move on to the next game the 49ers coming cross country to take on the Washington Redskins Redskins are a 10 point favorite at home I like the Redskins to cover the spread mainly because you had San Francisco going into a late overtime game or not late overtime game, but you know, they almost went the distance through overtime with the Colts last week. Washington was on a bye. I still don't trust. I mean, the 49ers secondary is still atrocious. And I I think that with the way Kirk Cousins has been playing, which is more than good enough to light the secondary up at home off a bye, you got a West coast team coming over early in the day. This, this just feels like a blowout to me. I don't know, man. So there's the yeah, there's the they're playing early on East Coast time. Um, they're going out east. Um, they're they're in the third week of a three week road stretch. Yeah, Washington's I think Charles just convinced bye, me <laughs> coming off of a bye. But sure I don't know, that. man. I, I like the thing about San Francisco is they lost all these games, but four of them have been within a touchdown. And I don't even yeah, what so was the other one for a blowout. Ah, uh, for another close they're game. Not due, they're not due. I don't know, man. It's like. Shani, I'm convinced on Shani, Shani, uh, revenge game. I just, I'm fully I, I, on that. And I, why is Washington a ten point favorite against anyone? Is Washington any good? That team's gonna go six and ten. Uh, why would they go six and ten? Why? Why would all, they be any good? I, I think Washington is solid. I think dude. they're solid too. I mean, when they're you the look, third best team in the NFC. East. Like they're clearly they're. I think that they're the number one wild card team probably in the NFC East, and they it wouldn't surprise me if they win it. I mean, they've had a pretty. I mean, they, they they've had a pretty decently tough schedule so far. They played the Eagles first week. Uh, they went well, out. I mean, yeah, that that was a two score loss. But they went out to uh, 
to LA and they beat the Rams 27-20. Then they beat the Raiders 27-10 at home. And then, they, you know, they were... They played the Chiefs tough, too. They played the Chiefs really close until uh, that last score by Justin Houston on the final play kind of distorted the score there a little bit. But Yeah, baby. I think, the cover. Yeah. I, I mean, that was a hilarious way to get the cover. Uh, Washington's a solid team. I think they're a solid team. I think the 49ers, man, just having to come three straight road games, you're playing a team That's a gauntlet. Bye. You just you just went to overtime and lost uh, with like two minutes left in overtime. This just feels like a blowout to me. And another underrated storyline I think for Washington this year is uh, their defensive line has been playing really really well, at least comparatively to how we thought they were going to play. Their uh, eighth in sack percentage value, eighteenth uh, in tackle for loss percentage value. But Jim Tom Sula, he I may, was going to say <laughs> he may be he may be an atrocious head coach, but that dude can coach his ass off on the defensive line. So. Well, he's got he's got some good guys too. I mean, Kerrigan Kerrigan's probably the most consistent pass rusher in the NFL since he's come into the NFL in terms of not getting injured and just consistent production. Um, Preston Smith is a guy who's for some reason keeps getting overlooked. He's awesome, and then Junior Gallet is there. And Junior Gallet like makes he's he might not show up on the stat sheet, but like Junior Gallet makes like three plays a game where you're like, holy fuck, that guy. He looks like he has the athleticism of like a first round pick. You know what I mean? Like he's making yeah. those splash plays. John Allen's been he's been picking up steam every week too. So I I, I think decent. yeah. No Larry a solid team, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's a solid team. And I I think when you just compare roster side to side, like I, I think what, what Shanahan's been doing in San Francisco with the a lot of talent he has has been brilliant. I mean, they're not they're not as soft as they were last year, but I, I think this is just too much talent. Uh, a a narrative that. street thing too is that Cousins might be want he's gonna wanna put on display like <laughs> for Kirk, one of these Kirk teams Cousins, to give him Dan, a contract. Yeah, this Kirk is a, this is a contract game for him because if Washington doesn't re-sign him, I mean, everybody's saying San Francisco is the team, right? right. Yeah. I'm switching my pick to Redskins. All right. So are we, did I convince all of you guys to take Washington then? Yeah, you did. Perfect. Uh, all right, next game. The Chicago Bears taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home, and we all have the Ravens. I, I, I just think... You know, you don't want your rookie quarterback, or not that you don't want to, because you don't really have a choice with the schedule. But a rookie quarterback on the road in his second start uh, against Baltimore in Baltimore, mm-hmm. accord, uh, apparent, according to uh, adjusting net yardage per attempt, they're second in the league. Uh, according to DVOA, they still have the number two pass defense. So, I mean, th- this is a bit of a buzzsaw, and you've got a rookie quarterback with no real weapons. I, I, I think that this could get ugly. Rookie quarterback versus Baltimore. That's an easy pick for me. Baltimore. Yeah. I feel like didn't we have some stat? I was, was just going to say you guys John did, Hart. didn't you? Yeah, for like, like they the average like two thing. or three picks a game against rookie. <laughs> yeah, it's something like one. It's like five interceptions for every touchdown. Yeah, that's a good call because like even the thing like we said. I don't. Did we talk about this? I don't know if we talked about this before or after, but it was the rollout stuff with um, where like Trubisky's basically rolling out more rolled out. More more against Minnesota than any other quarterback had in any game this year. And if you're Baltimore, you're smart enough to be like, all right, the fucking slot, the slot is blitzing every single time the ball's on the right hash. So yep. I think that offense is going to look a lot different uh, after they put up film in, you know, Chicago. Come Baltimore off is just going to Baltimore is going to run boot drill all week and cut off the half of the field that they're going to roll to. And it's going to be lights out, dude. And it's like the heaviest interception. I think it's either Baltimore or Jacksonville. Those are the top two in terms of interception. So, you know, they should be hawking out there. Yep. Yep. 
so Trubisky, we're gonna pray for you, pal. Next game, uh, the Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints are a five point or four point five favorite, uh, four and a half point favorite at home. Uh, Justice is staying away from this one. I'm taking the Saints. Uh, Stoner, do you have a pick for this one? No, I'm staying away from this one too. I do not have a good feeling about either one of these teams <laughs> at all. See, the way that I kind of feel about this team is, or at least the Lions is, I I just think that defense is kind of fraudulent, and I know that they they ranked well for the first part of the season, but when you just look at at what they've recently done uh, against some of like the higher class teams in the in the league. So they gave up 30 points to Atlanta at home, and that's a game in which they had three interceptions, including a pick six. So you got three interceptions, you're still giving up 30 points at home. That's not great. And then last week against the Panthers, I mean, until the last couple of minutes, that was a complete blowout. Cam Newton had his best game of the season. Yeah. I think he only had uh, like five, five uh, incompletions on three touchdowns, 335 yards. So... And the thing about New Orleans too is New Orleans New Orleans can block you up up front. Like yeah. that's never They're been getting an issue for New back too. Yeah. So that yeah, I, I you're right on that one. I, I just kind of like the Saints to just put up a lot of points, and if if the if the Lions are just going to continue this anti-football dink and dunk bullshit, then Dude, I, there, I, I, I don't see how I, they keep pace. That's why I say I don't have a good feel for either one of these. I refuse to watch a Lions game. I know I know that that's bad football. That's like five yard passes and hope to score seventeen points. Yeah, it's it, like running back Texas routes and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, dude, I'm not I'm watching out. that. It's bad. And, and if you track like where the Lions defense has been in a, a adjusted net yards per attempt value on the update. They're steadily getting worse every week as they kind of get lit up by some of these defenses. And and they're the, like, go the, ahead. The funny thing was with the Falcons game, you know, they had three picks, but two of those were perfect passes that got dropped and bounced to defenders' hands. So those are kind of like 50-50 plays that you can't bank on every single week. I, like I, they're improved on defense for sure, but I, I still don't trust them. They just remind me of so many like late nineties. Mid to late 90s teams where, like, everybody was trying to copy and run, like, their version of the West Coast offense. And, the like, the entire league, like, teams basing their entire offense around, you know, targeting fullbacks 90 times. Like, that's what – Detroit's, like, a modern version of that. It's disgusting. So, uh, here's one more thing that I wanted to say. So, like, the New Orleans thing where I said they block up everyone. Um, New Orleans is about – 13 tackles in the backfield better than the NFL than the NFL average right now, which is the second best in the NFL. The Lions are last at minus 15. So this team, you know, this team is basically six sacks ahead of schedule and 11 tackles for a loss ahead of schedule. This offensive line can't block anyone right now. They stink. The Lions stink. I don't know how they keep winning games like over the last two years. <laughs> that's what I, I don't that's, understand. That's what I'm saying, and I don't understand how we just learned that rule against the Atlanta Falcons. Because I feel like they've played it a close game every single week. Like, we should have learned that rule by now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think th- this is kind of stepping away from the Lions game. But that stunt that, oh, you know what? This was for the Colts game. But we can talk about it because uh, I don't know why I thought it happened in the Lions game. But let's just talk about Mike Pence you know, planning the walkout on the anthem against the four- – like, in, when the, the Colts played the 49ers last week. Like, what on earth is happening where Trump is going to war with the NFL and with the way that the league is kind of kind of bowing down to you know these anthem protests and it looks like they're going to make they're they're going to try to make guys stand for the anthem like 
2017 is just absurd. weird, dude. Weird. <laughs> Unity weird synergy. Time. I saw so, someone from uh, I can't remember what it's called. They used to be the the Ringer po- politics guys. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but someone tweeted out like, "I can't believe the liberals got football in the divorce." <laughs> <laughs> it's a bubble. Don't pop my bubble. Yeah. Oh, that is funny. Um, I mean, I don't, dude, very, I mean, very clearly and transparently just a publicity stunt. That's what's so fucking ridiculous about it. Yeah, because, I mean, the 49ers, they've had guys kneeling since last year because that's where they all started with Colin Kaepernick. So you knew that, I mean, and Trump even came out on his dumbass Twitter account and said that they have been playing this for a while and he was very proud of Mike Pence and what he did. I'm like, man, these guys are just so concerned about things that don't matter. It's, it's, it's just kind of frightening, honestly, because they it's, they don't really care about anything. It seems like. Agreed. No. Like, yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, but uh, let's move on and uh, keep bashing justice here. We got the Cleveland Browns at mm, the Houston oh Texans. The Texans QB one bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. o- only for half oh, of my. us because uh, Kaiser died. But uh, mm. the Cleveland Browns are taking on the Houston Texans. The Texans are a 10-point home favorite. Justice is taking uh, the Browns to cover. Um, this is my stay-away game for the week. So, yeah. Justice, uh, let's Same talk Darnold about... the starting for the Browns. I mean, Kevin Hogan. I would feel, I would feel way better about, this, about um, Houston laying 10 if Kaiser was starting. Same. That's why I'm staying away from it. Yeah. Because I don't. Kaiser, I'd be out. Ten, like no pro, like immediate. Just here's the thing. Go ahead. Just um, I know he's just a rookie, but this is very clearly it should be a uh, a revenge game for Deshaun Watson. I mean, they 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 Cleveland passed on him twice, really. Um, one of those times to trade down to take a bad safety, a bad box safety, and then try to play him like Earl Thomas. And it's not even like they're playing him like Earl Thomas. Like they are playing him like thirty, sometimes like thirty-five yards off the line of scrimmage. You're, it's just you're. He's out in no man's land, and he's Frank never. Williams got stuck in punt man. Dude, that's what they're playing. They're playing like a punt man. And uh, I remember we were talking about this. Uh, I think it was, it was after the Bengals game. I was talking to Eric about this, where uh, on that play where Giovanni Bernard had like the 80-yard screen pass and the Browns ran like that engaged eight Madden play <laughs> on the screen, and it was just instantly open for a touchdown. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Baby. It, it's, just, it, it's just hilarious watching this this defense because all they do is just blitz and i mean like they do have like, some legitimately good young defensive linemen like emmanuel ogba larry ogunjobi danny shellman obviously miles garrett had two sacks last week but i i, I don't trust yeah, so obviously you should fucking blitz right like <laughs> you have good defensive linemen so you should send your bodies in there while you it can't just, cover it, all the back nothing, end nothing they do makes sense and the weirdest part to me about the browns is just kind of watching this transformation of hugh jackson going from a run heavy guy to just airing it out constantly like I, I went back and looked at the stats from when he was in cincinnati and oakland and every year he was there his teams were at least top seven in rush attempts and right now i think the browns are near the bottom of the barrel in terms of uh plays that they're running the ball and yeah they're 26 right now so it, it's just kind of weird to see how how that cleveland air has polluted hugh jackson and everything that everything half decent that goes their way like just imagine how good kevin hogan could be if uh 
he wasn't playing Cleveland because he actually did look fairly decent last week in uh, that second half. So uh, do we lose confidence in, in Hugh? Because Hugh is talking crazy right now. Hugh said that in a, in a presser, he said he had a top five defense statistically, which is fucking not true, not close to true. Not even close and to then, true. And then he was making excuses for, like, Kaiser, and then Kaiser was blaming Crowell for, like, a bad pitch. Just run the offense through Duke Johnson and try not to lose. Yeah, free Duke Johnson. He doesn't deserve any of that mess. He's out there bust his balls for a quarterback that will throw his teammates under the bus and a head coach that has lost his damn mind. So, yeah, uh, I say this for both the head coach and and the front office. You do not, you don't come back from one and twenty. You just don't. It's it's like more, or I guess it's one and twenty for them now. But yeah, it's like I think it's one and twenty four in the last twenty five games or some shit like that. Like. It's not looking good at all. Yeah, and I think you can kind of see it with Hugh. Like, he's not used to losing like this, you know? Where, you know, in Oakland when he was there, they were competitive with Carson Palmer. Yeah, they were actually not bad. And Jason Campbell. In Cincinnati, I mean, that that offense was loaded with, uh, like, A.J. Green, that offensive line, Sanu, Jones. But they were competitive, and you can just kind of see it with him. He's just getting exasperated by all the constant losing. I, I don't know if this is, like, a permanent stink on that organization, but... One in twenty, like that's really, really hard to dig yourself out of. Well, the bad thing is, is they keep they keep having quarterbacks staring them in the face, and they pass them up and take shitty ones. Deshaun Kaiser was bad. That's a bad pick. He was <laughs> okay, not a good uh, prospect. I, I have I have a take. I have a take. Next year, I, I I get a right to refuse. Like I'm not gonna list quarterback rankings until I know who the Cleveland Browns are taking. Is that fair? Okay, I, where, guess, where, but it doesn't matter because next year's quarterback class sucks. I mean, we'll talk about that in the offseason. I mean, they got a bazillion picks to, to not take Carson Wentz, um, who we were just talking about earlier. We don't even know if he's good or not, but, I mean, they got a bazillion picks to Ooh, not take Eric, him. Eric, I don't know if you it. saw this. Did you see the? Did you see what he was talking about with uh, Deshaun Watson, where he was like, well, we can't trade Deshaun Kaiser for Deshaun Watson right now. Oh, yeah, he said I, that I, in a- I, I just pulled it up today. So this was, after, this was during a press conference today. Uh, this is from Keith Britton. Uh, hashtag Browns, Hugh Jackson, quote, Deshaun Kaiser's on our team, Deshaun Watson's on their team. We can't all of a sudden flip them. Like, dude. <laughs> I mean. That's bad. I mean, Watson should be on their on their team right now. They fucked up not picking him. That and, was a fuck up. And, you know, we talked about this a lot, like, in, in private, but, you know, you, you can just kind of look at the narratives and see how – like how this quarterback class was going to go, at least with Watson and Kaiser, you could, because with Watson, was, with Watson, it's kind of like the cam effect where he's never had a spot in his football career where he's failed high school, college. As soon as he gets to college, they Clemson goes from good to back to back national championship appearances and a win. Uh, he lit up Nick Saban's defense twice. Like it, it, like every obstacle he gets, he just succeeds. And that's not something that you really want to bet against. That was kind of one of the main reasons why I was so high on him. And then with Kaiser, you kind of saw like after that talent left uh, Notre Dame in the second year where you had Nick Martin and Will Fuller going to the NFL, it, it all just kind of fell apart from him. And you, you don't really see guys who can't fight through that uh, like turnaround really kind of succeed. Adversity. Yeah, adversity. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's like Notre Dame very clearly um, – had mixed feelings about ever building around him and ever ha- like him ever really being the guy that's red flag number one. Um, and people want to blame like Notre Dame's coaching or whatever. 
Deshaun Kaiser is possible gone. Murder and, Brian Kelly. Possible, possible murder Brian Kelly. Possible murder Brian Kelly. But Deshaun Watson, or I mean Deshaun Kaiser is gone, and Notre Dame is just fine again on offense. They're better on offense, especially. They're they're much better. It's it's like literally the the um, the Hackenberg effect again. Um, I mean, so dude, let's let's do QB narratives for this upcoming class. Okay. Just real quick. So Sam Sam Darnold was offered as a he was offered as a linebacker. He's a smaller Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I, you know, I don't think he like I. I think he's honestly a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson was. But Clemson's team is just so much more like Clemson's team is so much more talented than Louisville's team is. I, I think that he's kind of maxed out whatever he can do at Louisville just because the supporting cast around him outside of that receiver, uh, Jalen Watkins, is just trash. Josh Allen, I, I guess he's going to go in the top ten. There's no way, dude. There's no way. Christian Ponder got drafted in the first round, and so did Locker went top ten, right? Yeah, but this kid plays at Wyoming, and he's bad at Wyoming. <laughs> Jake Locker went like zero and twelve at Washington, like full on zero and twelve. Jake Locker had oh, like thirty three percent completion against Nebraska and lost Nebraska like three times in two. In I two do years. remember that. Dude. I do remember that. They got the crap kicked out of him by Nebraska three times in like a calendar year. Yeah, but the thing with Lamar Jackson, he, he you know, he's going to get the same stuff that Watson got hit with. Uh, can he read it? For defense? sure. How's he going to transition from blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, I, I think. He's going to get hit with more because he's a shorter quarterback, too. Yeah. 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 So, gonna, so, so help me God, gonna, he shows up with small hands. People are going to try to to hold Petrino over his head, too. That, um, Ryan you know, Miller. that's. Yeah, like Ryan Mallon, uh, Tyler Smith. Wilson, Brian but Rom. I mean, I think that you know what? To be honest, I think a lot of NFL teams. Um, I mean, what one of the ones that I'm going to be especially interested in is is Jacksonville. Petrino used to be, I think, the not an assistant head coach, but he was an offensive coordinator for Coughlin in Jacksonville for a couple years, so. They have a relationship there, and um, Coughlin knows that Petrino's hard on how he coaches his quarterbacks. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for him for me. Last quarterback is Rosen. I need I need uh, L.A. Bose takes on Rosen. Um, I mean. His coach hates him. Yeah, his coach hates <laughs> him. And th- but his coach is Jim Mora, though. His coach is Jim Mora. He never wanted to go to UCLA either. Like that's uh, it's not like, I think Waldman talked about it on your guys' show, didn't he? I don't remember. I think I, I feel did. like he said that before. I think he when like, he was on your guys' show, I think he talked to you about um, Rosen a little bit, and or maybe it was on a different show that he was on. I don't quite remember, but he never wanted to go to UCLA. Like he wanted to go to Stanford, and uh, on one of his and I mean Stanford was going to offer him and everything. And on his visit, I guess. Uh, I don't remember if it was the position coach or offensive coordinator. There was a coach that really did not um, leave with a good taste in his mouth in terms of Josh Rosen, and they pulled his scholarship, and that's how he ended up at UCLA. So, yeah, um, he's definitely a guy. You are going to definitely need a a special. Um, your coach is going to need to be able to handle certain types of personalities if your team is going to draft Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, because um, he's going to challenge you, man. 
Even, I, I guess he got in fights with uh, with Dilfer too at the Elite Eights when he was in high school. Yeah, like straight up arguments with Dilfer. Been talked about. Yeah, straight up arguments with Dilfer on whiteboard stuff. Like he he's a challenging personality to handle. If it and if you're a coach that's not confident um, in yourself and your ability to teach, and you know you're, I don't want to say like too rigid, but uh, like I said, you're just not confident and you take offense to a young upstart you know maybe not hot shot quarterback but a young upstart quarterback like questioning you and you know questioning whether your way is the right way um the way that you want to teach a certain progression is that the right way that's that's not something that nfl every nfl team or coach is going to want to sign up for yeah i mean i I don't i don't really know if i have a, a take on his play he's fun he's up and down but he's fun uh it's gonna be interesting to see if if like if Jim Moore gets fired, if he stays, or if Morris stays and he just goes to the NFL, like how high he goes, what's the ceiling there? But overall, like this that quarterback class is not looking as good as this past season. But it's gonna be fun to watch Watson smash that rookie uh, rookie touchdown record. So I can just go back on Twitter and just retweet all the people who said he was gonna be terrible. But uh, let's move on. We got four games left. Tampa Bay at Arizona. Arizona is a one point five favorite. Uh, Justice Wrong. Take, what? Or no, Tampa Bay Underdog. is a one point five favorite. Excuse me, excuse me. So Arizona is a one and a half point favorite at home. Uh, Justice has the game score being under forty five, and Eric and I are taking Tampa Bay uh, minus one and a half. I just think this boils down to the Cardinals just being god awful, and their season's over. Yeah, please don't watch this game. No, or no this game's going to be disgusting. Was, the only was, reason I, to watch this game is to maybe see like if. Like continue. Doug Martin looked really, really good on Thursday night. That fool was fun to watch again, man. Um, other than that, no reason to watch this game at all. Nope. Uh, so let's stop talking about bad. It. Yeah, bad slot. This is gonna be bad sloppy football. Yeah. Jameis and Carson Palmer. Gross. Uh, so we have next game: the Los Angeles Rams going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars are in a two and a half point favorite at home, and we all are taking <laughs> we are all taking the Jacksonville Jaguars to cover the spread, which is something that we would have full confidence in Duval uh, even like four weeks ago. But look, man, that pass defense is just unreal. It, it, it's like it's like what Denver has been putting on the field the past couple of years. Jalen Ramsey's. Yep. The best cornerback in the league right now. AJ Bowie's not too far behind, and then Barry Church is having a tremendous impact on on Sean Gibson because I guess when you don't have to clean up after sip all the time, you can kind of focus more on whatever you have to do in coverage since you're not worried about having to clean up on those tackles. But yeah, I, I think that this secondary is just going to completely body golf, honestly. Yeah, I agree. We had a little bit of golf regression last week. Um, I think we looked it up. Los Angeles is a team that is playing in London. Um, they're basically they're doing the same thing where it's like four four weeks of different cities basically. Um, yeah, bet against so, the team playing in London the the week after, right? The week before or the week before. Yes, sir. So this is a really good spot for Jacksonville. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything more to say than that. Yeah, I, it, the thing is too is me, like it, it kind of shapes up nicely because the Rams. Uh, I know, like we all love Wade, but they're I mean. They can Leonard only do Ford, so much with the edge Mark, Mark, that they Mark have. Barron and Alec Ogletree are going to have to try to tackle Leonard Fournette 30 times, man. While he's waving on the CTE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, think, do you think Mark Barron is going to be as excited as fucking Mike Mitchell was? No, no, absolutely not. Turn off your phone. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, uh, what's interesting about this game is like Seattle is uh, they are Seattle had the sixth ranked defense in terms of uh, adjusted net yards per attempt value, and Jacksonville has the first. And I mean, like it's not even close how much better Jacksonville is than Seattle. So this is this is legit a dominating pass uh, pass defense. Their defensive line is playing out of their mind in terms of pass rushing. So I, I just think this is one of those games where you see skittish uh, golf and he just kind of shits the bed. Uh, but the next game, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a four-and-a-half-point home favorite, and we're all taking the Chiefs on this one. Is there anything – I mean – I mean, to kind of bring it back to the anthem protests, it's pretty clear that uh... – Things kind of have gone off the rails in Pittsburgh with all of the personalities. Um, and something stinks in, on that team and in that locker room, dude. Ben can't keep his fucking mouth shut in terms of talking <laughs> about other people. <laughs> um, it seems like his act is wearing thin on everybody else on that rock. I mean, it just they it just seems like there's no uh, things like, seem like they could spiral out of control as the season goes along for that team and. And it all kind of started, uh, like I said, back when a couple week, a few weeks ago. And then, like the Villanueva stuff. Yeah, Mike, Tom- Mike Tomlin called him out in the press conference and said, you know, maybe he's not good enough anymore. And then Ben talked about it, re- like basically said the exact same thing to press report to uh, reporters in a press conference. And then today he was like, no, I don't, I don't lack any confidence. So it's pretty easy to see that he was mimicking. Uh, Mike Tomlin, um, there are reports about Antonio Brown being mad that that Villanueva was able to go out and stand for the flag while he wasn't able to go on, out and kneel. And then Le'Veon Bell is doing whatever Le'Veon Bell is doing. Um, there's just like – it looks like there's like 15 moving parts in this. And I don't – Yeah, not, dude. And, and they're going against the number one team in the NFL, like by far the best team in the NFL. Like if this game were in Pittsburgh with this line, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be favorites. And there's no situation where I would take Pittsburgh over, the, over Kansas City right now. Absolutely not. And you could kind of tell, too, that this stuff is all, like, boiling under the water, but nobody's really talking about it because there's so much, uh, so many other, like, weird fucking things going on in the league right now that um, just, like, the quiet implosion of Pittsburgh and the clash of personalities is it's not even really, like, a story yet. It's just kind of like, oh, Ben's just kind of moody and talking shit about everybody. This is like the weirdest this this is the closest thing that I think we've seen to Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay imploded after they went to that London game and like Josh Freeman was just like never the same. Yeah. Like that this is the closest thing to that that I've seen, I think. Yeah. And the thing is too is the roster is stacked. They got a good Their team. Their defense is good. They're they have a good team. Roethlisberger sucks. He's very clearly washed up, but I mean it's not like it's not like there's other teams that aren't or haven't in the past dragged a decrepit quarterback, you know, through a season. And Jacksonville's doing it right now, you know, the team that they just played. Yep. Uh, in the last game that we have a line for, uh, another game you probably will not want to watch, the New York Giants going on the road to the Denver Broncos on Sunday night. Uh, the Broncos are an 11.5-point favorite. Justice and I are pairing this with the Falcons' tees to bring it down to 5.5 points. Look, man, the, the the Giants, they don't have an offensive line. They don't have any receivers left with uh, Odell Beckham, Brandon Marshall, and Dwayne Harris going down with season-ending injuries. So you're pretty much hoping that Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard can take on Denver's pass defense, and then that's not even taking into account, like, 
Von Miller, Shaq, uh, Shaq Barrett, Derek Wolf, uh, Adam Gossis, and all those other guys just kind of wreaking havoc. And the fact that the Giants have absolutely no run defense or run offense, and they haven't for the past two years, and the fact that their locker room is also imploding, like the yeah. Dolphins. So that's my thing on the tease, the Atlanta Denver tease. Um, we're basically teasing against you know the Dolphins and Giants implosion, which is separate from the Steelers implosion. Which is separate from like the possible Raiders implosion, which also involved Donald Penn almost like beating the shit out of a fan last week. So like there, there's like four NFL teams right now that are like on the verge of just like completely breaking down. Implosions, dude. Like before October is over, these teams are just spiraling. You can see it. You can, it's, <laughs> it's palpable, but it's not like I said, it's not getting covered because there's just so much other weird shit going on. Yeah, it's it's just going to be really interesting because to see how this game gets out of hand because, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, he cannot keep his mouth shut. Uh, I mean, just in the past like calendar year, so he, he threw Martavis Bryant under the bus when Martavis, Martavis Bryant got suspended. He threw Antonio Brown, under, or he threw Le'Veon Bell under the bus first uh, with the holdout during training camp. Then he threw Antonio Brown under the bus. He threw in Alejandro Villanueva under the bus in regards to their anthem protest. So... He's just blaming everybody, and now he's publicly having self-doubt about his ability to keep playing this game. I mean, it, really, it, just be—that's yeah, just being a passive-aggressive bitch with his head coach. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. what it is. He's but, like, Kobe, remember, that's Kobe shit right there, dude. That's like classic Kobe shit. But there's—it's got to—it's got to be a Pittsburgh-specific thing, and not even necessarily an anthem thing. Because remember when? Uh, who was it? Was it Martavis who came back from injury and he like straight up added someone and was like, "Yo, I'm coming for your job" or something like that. And then Mike Tomlin was like, "Oh yeah, yo, you he, guys uh, gotta chill." Like that happened this summer. So when he, like, yeah, this shit got, has been happening for a year. When he got cleared, he said he added uh, Sammy Coates and was like, "Yeah, that's my job. That's my spot." And then uh, Sammy Coates got traded, so he looks like he was right up in the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, that, just so many NFL storylines. It's been an eventful first month and a quarter of the season. Hopefully, some of these games are more watchable than they appear to be on just looking at the lines, because I think we said for almost most of these, don't watch these games. Uh, <laughs> these are a bad slate this week. Dude. It is an awful slate. I mean, that, that, that's something that game. I mean, Thursday night is going to be awesome, I think, but other than that, like Jags and Rams is like the only other watchable game. And even the nationally that, televised games on Monday and Sunday night could be Eli Banning, Trevor Simeon, Jacoby Brissett, and Matt Castle. Oh, let's go back to the Giants. Um, again, because this season is so weird, it's kind of an under like underreported thing, I guess, but um, when it, like, look at their schedule and tell me when their first win is going to come. Yeah, so I'll just run off their schedule real quick. So we know that they're at the Broncos this week. Uh, then they play Seattle at home, uh, the Rams at home. They go to San Francisco. They play the Chiefs at home. They go to Washington, to Oakland, play Dallas and Philly at home back-to-back. Then they go out to Arizona, and then they play Washington at home to close the season. So I, 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 I don't know where you feel really good about them getting the win because even now, like I, I talked about San Francisco being worse than Washington earlier, but I think that they're on par with the, with the Giants now. <laughs> And the Giants got to go out to San Francisco for that game. Yeah, and with the way that that San Francisco's defensive line is playing, specifically DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead, like they're going to bully that Giants offensive line. And like I, I don't even know if Eli Manning makes it through the season, honestly. Unless he gets they, this is good. This is a team that you just. 
I don't know if you could find a uh, like an Owen sixteen bet, but just take the money line against them every single week, and you'll make money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. easy, um, easily, easily. This team's gonna go like one in fifteen. Yeah, it, it's just it's crazy to see how that how that team just kind of fell apart in. I mean, less than a calendar year because they were in the playoffs back in January, and that defense was balling. Now the defense sucks, and everybody on offense is dead. So that's kind and of everybody hates Ben McAdoo. Yeah, Ben McAdoo. He when he uh, so to, I, I don't, I'm sure you guys have already heard about this today, but uh, apparently there was some drama with Dominique Rogers Cromartie where he was apparently he was told that he was going to be inactive uh, today. He was told that he's going to be inactive next week. So he got into a little spat with Ben McAdoo, and then Ben McAdoo suspended him for I don't know how long it said. And then now Landon Collins was publicly calling out Ben McAdoo today. Why? <laughs> so, why would they make him inactive? I don't know because Eli Apple's been atrocious this year. So yeah, I, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Look, man, I, I Dominic Rogers Cromarty is not the Giants' problem. Look at no. just look at Ben McAdoo. Does he play quarterback or running back or ben left Mc- tackle or Ben McAdoo first coach fired, right? Yeah. I think Is he, that a lock? he might be out of here before we get start getting to like the double digit weeks. Who who are the coordinators in uh New York right now? Who who Spagnuolo takes over? Spagnolo would take over, I think. Oh yeah. Good, good. It would be Spagnolo. They already have like the the their interim job is already locked up. They got the dude right there. Don't watch any Giants games the rest of the season. No. There's no point. Uh, that's one of the, like, the two worst teams in the league right now. Uh, so we're going to post the uh... – shut up, Rosie. Uh, we're going to post some of the uh, post picks on settingedge.com with the podcast post. Uh, Justin, do you want to run through the picks again? Uh, nope. I'm going to screen cap it, and I'm going to put it and pin it on my Twitter. So that's what I'm going to do. All right. Like sounds that. good. Uh, so that's going to conclude episode 54 of Setting the Edge. We'll be back on Friday with somebody interview, and uh, we'll, I'm sure we're just going to keep talking about this Coke situation because it's it's just hilarious. Uh, five, Kwan five, Snort. Boulder is coming out of his nose, man. Boulders. Don't Terry Blow. <laughs> the Blow the Line blow Coach. Line coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Adios, guys.